Welcome to Family Office Secrets. We're about to pull back the curtain to reveal to you the often hidden strategies used by today's most successful individuals and their family offices. What you're about to hear are things that no one else wants to tell you. We're a group of driven business leaders who are driven for more. We are not satisfied with the ordinary. Our motivation is building an amazing life of significance and changing the world for the better. Because we're building amazing companies, our lives are complicated. We can't rely on traditional advisors with ordinary advice to get us to our goals. Instead, we look to the super rich and ultra wealthy business owners to guide the way. But the fact is, these solutions remain hidden from most of us because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't want you to know about them. Welcome to Family Office Secrets, where we are driven for more. We are hashtag driven for more, and these are our stories. Welcome to Family Office Secrets. I'm your host, Tim McNeely, and I am so excited to have with us today Karen Duncombe. Karen is a former chief operating officer. She has two graduate degrees in psychology and executive coaching, but more importantly, she has a passion for helping you, high-performing individuals, through her coaching programs and her Live Vibrantly training course. And the reason I'm so excited about having Karen here today is by the end of our time together, you're going to know how to live vibrantly during challenging times and times that aren't so challenging. More importantly, you're going to walk away with some tools and techniques that are going to help you feel hopeful and vibrant. Karen, welcome to the show. Hi, Tim. It's so fun to be here with you. Hey, such a joy to have you here. And, uh, and what I love about you is your passion for helping people live vibrantly. Tell me, where does that passion come from? How did you get started? You know, it was years ago that I realized that as people get older, whether it be from 20 to 30, 30 to 40, or 60 to 70, they start losing their zest for life. And it also goes way back further than that. When I was a CEO of a company, I realized that I really climbed the ladder and achieved a lot of financial success. I wasn't as happy as I wanted to be. And so I knew that what made me happy was helping the employees in our company. So I translated that to helping people. I love helping people. And I love helping people feel totally alive, as alive as they possibly can. And that's what launched me into living vibrantly. I used to have a notification on my phone every day that said, live vibrantly. Hmm. Just a message to myself. And I thought, gosh, I wish there was a way to get this out to people. So I took the knowledge that I'd had of working with people in executive coaching over the past 30 years, and I thought, well, I'll just make a program out of this. I'll just make it so everybody can have it, not just the individual business owners and executives that I work with. I'll just make it possible for everybody. And so that process started a few years ago. And so living vibrantly, right? What does that mean to you? How do you help people live vibrantly? What does that encompass? Well, to me, living vibrantly means living your full, alive life, being able to feel almost tingly many times throughout each and every day, regardless of what's going on. And I don't mean being in denial about bad things that happen. I mean, being able to actually 
grow new neural pathways in your brain so that when we are predisposed evolutionarily to look for the bad so that we can stay safe. You know, we're always scanning the horizon to see what can make us, what can hurt us. And so we have to intentionally grow new neural pathways to be able to be looking for the good, not ignoring the bad, but spotting the good in things rather than the bad in things. I know that's an oversimplification, but it's really the the true thing. Like, okay, this is a really bad situation. What could I do to make it better? What could be good about this? And so that's really the core or the basis of it. And there are many ways of getting at that. Well, right. I, I think that's such an important message right now today in the midst of everything that's going on, right? We've always got a lot of social, political, and economic uncertainty. And that was before the coronavirus hit, right? It just it just right. amplified everything that, that's already there. Uncertainty, social, political instability, it's always there. And, you know, you could argue we're always in a moment of crisis, so to speak. And you're right. And living vibrantly is so needed. But, you know, I know a lot of our listeners are, are thinking, how do I even get started, right? How do I start living vibrantly? And, and where would you tell them to start on this path? Well, the main thing is look for what makes you happy. Recall what kinds of things you do in a normal environment, in a non-challenging time that make you happy. What could that possibly be? And I like to ask people to think of three things that are uplifting to them or three things that they really enjoy doing and just pick one of them and do it every day. It could be as simple as, for instance, I'm an extrovert. I need people. I can't have people right now physically in front of me. And so the thing that I do is in little spots of openness during the day, I just get in my car and drive and I'm out there in the world and I can actually see people. Uh, They're driving their cars or they're taking a jog or a walk. And just being out there in the world, seeing people help. So they would be different for an introvert or someone in the middle of that continuum. But what is something that makes you happy? And if you just do that every day, another thing that you can do is think about how you feel either when you get up in the morning or in the middle of the day when you're tired or what are the things that you can plug in right then The other thing, I know people talk about this way too much, but it's really true, so I hope you can take this to heart. Uh, When you're thinking about how bad things are, think of things you're grateful for. There have to be things. Oh, the sky's blue today. I'm really happy the sky's blue today. Or, my gosh, I have a warm place to be. There's people in the world that don't. I'm so grateful that I have a warm place to be, even though I have to be in it. I think that's so interesting because I know a lot of people hear that and they're like, you just want me to think good, warm, fuzzy thoughts. What's that actually doing? But as you just pointed out, right, that's growing new neural pathways so that we can respond to the positive and see those things because that's not how we're naturally hardwired, is it? Right, exactly. That's exactly it. So you train your mind by growing new neural pathways to just make a habit of seeing the positive. It's not just, oh, be Pollyanna and think positive. No, it's a new way of actually being in the world. Yeah, in in Game Changers, Dave Asprey actually talks about exactly what you're talking about, which is the the beautiful thing that happens with gratitudes. And that's something my wife and I have actually started out about two years ago, where every day we just come up with three things we're grateful for. And sometimes it's as simple as like, I'm glad today is over and I never have to do it again. 
but right, but just just the practicing of gratitude really does short circuit a lot of the stress and anxiety and worry that we have. So what a powerful lesson to share with people. Thank you for that. Right, and it's simple, right? I think a lot of times we think living vibrantly is this this complex thing, but it doesn't have to be complex, does it? No, it really doesn't. There, there are really just eight basic things that people need to do on a regular basis. And I cover all these in my Live Vibrantly webinar class. And it's really pretty simple. It takes time. You know, I have to, the people that I coach individually on Living Vibrantly, the first question I ask is, are you willing to spend a couple of extra hours a week to be able to live vibrantly? Because these are things that you have to develop as habits, but they're pretty simple. They're, they're just eight things hmm. that you have to watch out for and change in your life, make changes in your life. And the first one we kind of already hit on, right? That's kind of focusing on things that make you happy, right? Where do we find pleasure, right? What are the things we enjoy doing? It's attitude. Yeah. Attitude. Yeah. So, right. Speaking of attitude, right. What would you tell someone who's watching a lot of news today, right? And not necessarily hearing things that are made up of the best attitudes out there. What advice would you have for the the person who's glued to the podcast and the latest Google feed of, of everything that's going on in the world today? Right. It's one of the things that I strongly suggest in my teaching of Live Vibrantly in the attitude section is no one needs to see the Twin Towers drop 100,000 times. One time is enough. Talking about it one time is enough. And so what I recommend to people, and I'll just back up. Imagine what it does to the human mind, the human psyche, to see that horrible thing happen over and over and over. So just being aware, really a lot of it is just being aware of it and not subjecting yourself to too much news. So I suggest that people who are affected negatively by it only watch the news once a day. How much can happen in a day? And if you watch the news at the end of the day rather than the beginning of the day, you get everything that day, even if you don't watch the news. Hmm. Even if, let's say, all you do is go to the grocery store and stand in line to get groceries, you're aware of what has happened. And so you feed yourself with positive things. You don't feed yourself. And isn't it interesting now how sensationalized the news is? Even when there's something that isn't that negative, they have that sensational tone in their voice. Oh, oh my gosh, guess what happened? It rained today. And so it affects us negatively. We just need to put positive stuff in there instead of negative stuff in there. Right. So what can I do when I'm reaching for my phone and I'm getting ready to log in and see what's going on? What are the things I can be telling myself and, and, and how can I create some conditions so that I'm not always checking the news? What are some alternatives that I can be doing? Once again, you need to think about the things that really are uplifting to you. Gratitudes. I will mention one of the books I really like that I'm, I'm working with right now, Atomic Habits. And I love his habit stacking, where you stack habits. So when you reach for your phone, you've already made a conscious decision of instead I'm going to do this, this, and this. And it just becomes automatic. I automatically, when I reach for my phone, I know that I have already have a habit of checking the news, checking to see what's going on. So instead, what I'm going to do is stop 
put my phone down, think of three things I really like or three things I'm really grateful for, and maybe pick up some uplifting reading. You know, we have a hundred different uplifting books around our, our house. Let's just take a look at that. Let's just read something that makes you feel good. Or it can be as simple as something you mentioned in kind of what got you started was you just set a message on your phone to say, live vibrantly. Yes. Right. So if you're listening right now, I would encourage you, grab your phone, set an alarm to go off three times a day and have it say live vibrantly. And now you're starting to set up conditions for yourselves so that you will be reminded so that you can meditate and think on what's important, right? Easy, simple hacks that we can do to help nudge things in, in our direction. Yeah, I set up calendar reminders that say live vibrantly. Fantastic. Yeah. So, so right, we're talking about living vibrantly, right? What, what does that look like? And a lot of that, is, there's a lifestyle piece too. And what is being healthy right now in isolation? What does that look like? So a lot of people, well, most people, the, the gyms are shut down, right? You can't go to the gym. So exercise is critically important, not just physically, but mentally. So what can you do to exercise? And you say, well, I don't even enjoy going out for a walk, or I don't even, what can I do? There are now hundreds of Zoom exercise classes going on. You don't have to sign up for an hour-long thing. If you, people think they have to exercise for 30 minutes or an hour in order to say they exercise, that's really not true. My exercise expert that is on my webinar class gave us information that if you if you just break it up, so you're going to do 10 minutes of a jumping jack, or you're going to do 10 minutes of a walk. Okay, so you hate walking, but you can do 10 minutes. Anybody can do 10 minutes. Anywhere like three flights of stairs outside, you can do that. There are many different little tiny things that you can do. So exercise is critically important. People also, I think, don't realize all the time how much what they put in their mouths affect how they feel. So that's another lifestyle thing. The sugar spikes and then you feel depressed. You know, it goes up and then it goes down. Watch how much sugar you take in. Pay a lot of attention to how much water you drink. A lot of people think they're hungry when they're really thirsty. That's the way the body signals. Go drink a glass of water. A lot of people think they're tired when they're a tiny bit dehydrated. Drink a glass of water. So those are the physical things you can do in your lifestyle. The other thing is too much sitting makes you feel lethargic, right? Too much sitting hurts your body. And all decrepit people that you see that have funny looking bodies, one of the problems is they sat too much. And so, you know, you've heard the thing, the recent thing, sitting is the new smoking. So there are many you can do. When you're on the phone, you get up and you walk around Instead of just sitting there on the phone, you can, instead of sitting at your computer all day, you can pick up your computer and take it to a higher counter so you can stand up while you're looking or working at your computer. I have an up-down desk. didn't cost that much. It's an electric desk that goes up and down. And so I change the position a lot of times. When I get tired of standing, I'll sit. When I realize I'm sitting too long, I'll stand up. So these simple, tiny little lifestyle changes that people can do easily that make all the difference. Wow. Yeah, that's just on the the physical side, just a real simple kind of easy things that we can do. What are some things that we can be doing to be mentally healthy right now? One of the things that you can really do easily is 
think of all the people that you haven't gotten in touch with recently because connection is really important, especially because we're mammals. We are pack animals and we've gotten too distant from each other anyway. Think about all the people you haven't talked to in a while and Zoom them, text them, call them, spend time with them. And during this time that we can't have contact, have um, Zoom lunches with people. Lunch together and Zoom it. Sit, eat your lunch, visit with them just like you would if you were sitting there. Hmm. That's another lifestyle choice. Right. What a great, simple, easy thing to do and great way to, to have connection in this time of isolation. Right, very right. Just have a lunch or a dinner or a, a drink with someone, and yeah. take that time to connect. Right. One of the things I love to do, I love the ocean. That's one of my things. One of my three things that I love to do. I go to the ocean almost every morning before I start my workday. Then in the evening, I go back to the ocean because what am I going to do? Sit at home and turn on TV? And so I go to the ocean and I do either a FaceTime call with a friend or a Zoom call on my phone with a friend with a glass of wine. You know, I just put a glass of wine in a paper cup, go down to the ocean, have a little happy hour with a friend. I have one already set for five o'clock today with a colleague in Canada. Oh, how much fun is that? I love it. I love it, Karen. What a great tip that, that everyone listening, you can go out and do that, right? Start a little virtual happy hour, right? The the connection, the technology may be virtual, but there's nothing virtual about the connection, is there? That That's real, isn't it? It is. Our book group had our book group this month on Zoom, and it felt pretty much like we were all together. So there are all kinds of new ways that you can find to connect. Connection is so important. Yeah. So now I'll tell you, we're having a fantastic conversation so far, Karen. We've been talking about how we can live vibrantly, not just in times of crisis, but but year round, no matter what the season are. And we've we've talked about the importance of focusing on things that that make us happy and practicing gratitudes. We've talked about what our lifestyle should look like right now and some of the ideas and strategies, techniques we can use when we're sitting all day, right? Standing up to go make a phone call real quick. And then we've talked about, you know, just the importance of being not just physically healthy, but but mentally healthy also. And so those are some of the, the high level things. Now, now I'll tell you, I've got a lot of questions for you just in terms of some things I've been noticing as this crisis is going on. And I'm sure everyone listening, you're having some of these same questions too. So, so if it's okay, I'd like to dive in and, and get granular on a couple things. Great. And specifically, you know, I've noticed my energy levels have been a little bit harder to maintain through this. I'm drinking lots of coffee and trying to keep my energy up. Is, is that the right move? And, and why are my energy levels lower than what they usually are right now? So whether people realize it or not, whether they feel anxious or not, we can't help no matter how much money you have, no matter how much, quote, security you have. We can't help but feel a little bit anxious because I don't know if you've heard of Maslow's hierarchy needs, but the it's like a, a pyramid. It's like a triangle. And before you can move up the triangle into the different levels of happiness, you have to feel physically safe and secure. So you have to have food, shelter, security of that kind. The next level up includes psychological safety and security. 
and financial security. Even if you're a billionaire, hmm. you have lost a few billion dollars. Even though you have a, a bunch of billions left, you're still now feeling less secure than you were because something's missing. You've lost. And how much more are you going to lose? So people don't have the foundation of safety and security that they need to feel calm. So there's a lot of anxiety. And that itself is stress. Stress makes us tired, right? So there are a few things that we can do during this time. Sleep is critically important. And allow yourself as much sleep as you can. You're going to need more sleep during this time hmm. than in normal times. In normal times, people, they have found from studies, need seven hours sleep. And everything I'm telling you is from uh, hard research done by uh, hard Oxford UCLA, all of those people. I didn't. I don't make any of this stuff up. It's from my years of researching and learning in school and working with people. So that's one of the things. The a simple, simple thing that takes fifteen or twenty minutes a day to do is to get down on the floor and throw your lip on the wall. So your body, your torso, and your head are laying on the floor, and your legs are up the wall. It'd be just like sitting but you're sitting on the wall instead of sitting on the floor with your back against the wall. So you just that. And if you have any questions about that, just Google legs up the wall and it'll show you, there's a video that shows you how to do that. I promise you, this is so important. If you will make a habit, I do this every day, 18 or 20 minutes a day, legs up the wall, hmm. it, you will feel like you had two hours sleep. Now that, that sounds like focus, but it's physiologically the way that it moves the blood out of your lower body oh. back up into your heart and cleanses it before you stand up. And then it refreshes your blood flow and reoxygenates your blood flow. And you have more blood in your brain as well. So it's feeding more oxygen, more flow in your brain. So a lot of my executives and business owners, I have in a suit in the years where we were doing face-to-face -face coaching in their office, I would get down and show them how to do this. And many of them just swear by it. Absolutely amazing. And I have a confession. I may have done the legs up the wall in San Francisco when we were there at a meeting together. And uh -huh. he taught me that trick and it really does work. And so it sounds silly, but these little things can, can really create conditions so that we feel better. And I think it's also interesting. So, right, the, the low energy I'm feeling, maybe people listening feeling right now, that's just kind of a condition of the, the current environment that we're in. And so we can take extra time to, to get the, the extra rest that we need. And we shouldn't feel guilty about that, should we? Not at all. Let yourself sleep as much as possible. Let yourself take even two legs up the wall breaks a day. If you're feeling tired, don't just pop more caffeine in. Don't just eat something. First, lay down and do legs up the wall. That's and glass of water. Yeah. You may be a little bit dehydrated. It's interesting what all of this stress does to us physically. Yeah. So yeah, very, very true. The, the other thing I've noticed, and it hasn't been so bad in, in my household yet, but a couple of the, the people I work with, mm -hmm. right, they've got kids home from school, and all of a sudden they're saying, 
I've got a little extra time with all my family members and they have differing opinions on things and, and want things done different ways. What are some ways that, that we can deal with the, the conflict that, that may arise by being with someone a lot more than we're normally with them? Yeah, uh, their whole module in my Live Vibrantly training about perspectives and talks about what we can do. And the main, the big thing I'll leave you with is just remember that there are a hundred, at least a hundred different lenses that you can pick up to see one thing through. So a couple of quick things that you can do is when somebody may be getting in an argument with you, political, what's going on politically, or an argument whether uh, this COVID thing is really as dire as they say it is. And so what you can do, instead of getting upset and defending your position, if it's different from theirs, try picking up their lens by asking them questions. So just get curious about what makes them think that and just by be, be like a reporter, just ask them questions. Pretend you have to write a story about their perspective and just start asking them questions about it. And it keeps you from being defensive and it keeps the argument from escalating. Just ask them questions. And really be asking them questions, not so much with the idea I'm trying to dismantle their argument. No. But I'm just trying to understand why do they, right? Be curious about well, why do they think that, right? And get curious instead of confrontational. Exactly. I, I'd like to do that with people who have maybe a different political view than mine. Mm -hmm. Rather than refuting what they're saying, I just start asking the questions because who can know everything? And, and what difference does it make anyway? Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So, so we have so we have different opinions. Now the other thing with negative people at home, family members at home, of course, too much togetherness can sometimes bring that up. If somebody is being really negative and it's pulling you down, just say, "Oh, I'm sorry. I just remember uh, Karen told me I had to drink more water. I have to I have to go get a drink of water." Walk away nicely, mm -hmm. politely. Just find some excuse. I have to use the restroom. I have to do something and just walk away from the negativity. Perhaps by the time you come back later, an hour later, two hours later, perhaps they've gone on to other things. Just remove yourself from the situation in a polite. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Good, good tip. The, the other thing I, I've noticed both with myself and in the conversations I've had with a lot of people is, right, we, we don't really feel like we're as productive as we want to be right now, right? A lot of us have a little bit more free time and we may be getting more things done, but we just don't feel like we're, we're that productive right now. What's going on with that? Yeah, I was just talking to a client about that, a business owner client this morning. The best thing that you can do about that is decide what you want to accomplish by the end of the day or by the end of the week. And that helps you set priorities and it's motivational. It's, it's almost a, a psychological trip. Because you have now stimulated a good stress. So now you know what you want to get done, you know, what you want to accomplish, which can help in launching you forward hmm. so that you feel like what you did today mattered and it gives you some energy for doing those things that matter. Is that helpful? Yeah, well, and I think it's also the, the focusing and setting some goals 
setting so some that, priorities. Uh-huh. Right. And that way we can objectively look at our week and say, mm-hmm. oh, here's what I actually did get done. And we don't have to base it on the, the feelings right now, which is you and I both know are emotionally, we're all over the map as people are going through this. Exactly. And you notice I'm drinking water during this. We can't go for this length of time without drinking Mm -hmm. water. We have to drink water. And another tip is to put some lemon in your water. Makes it taste better and it's very healthy and alkalizing. Mm, Excellent. Good. Now, you work with a lot of business owners, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and, you know, the, the business leaders oftentimes will have blind spots in things that we're not aware of. How do you, right, especially when it comes to, to living vibrantly and paying attention to our health, right? We may have our concierge doctors and, you know, we may show up and, you know, we can kind of do that health piece. But I, but I think a lot of times we miss the, the bigger picture and we don't realize that the key to doing even more in optimizing our world is to live vibrantly. And so what are some ways that you work with business owners to help them spot the blind spots that they don't even know they have? Well, any person needs another person to help them see what they're not seeing because you can call them blind spots if you could possibly see them. And we need another person, whether it be a coach or a very close friend or a very close business associate that can help you work through this stuff. The most objective course would be a coach, somebody who does that for, who's trained to do that, to help you see what you're not seeing so you can get the obstacles out of the way. And it's really, I mean, when you think about what stands in the way of success, it's really pretty simple. You just first have to know what the obstacles are that are keeping you from it And then you have to know ways, once you know what the obstacles are, to either jump over the obstacles, bust through them, go around them, ways of doing that. And it's not something that people can typically do on their own. They can figure out what to do about it, but they have to first realize what they're not seeing. There's so many times that I'm working with either high-level executives or, or business owners when all I have to do is ask a question and they'll go, oh my gosh, I never saw that before. Hmm. And I didn't tell them what it was. I just asked the question. And immediately, it's almost like a little pin poked in the shield that was blinding them. Yeah, wow. So much useful information, Karen. And I feel, right, we've talked about a lot, but I I still feel like we have just barely, barely scratch the surface on some of the things that that can be done to help us live vibrantly. So I always like to ask people, what are the favorite books you're reading right now? You've referenced Atomic Habits. What have you enjoyed about that? And and are there any other books that you've been reading and enjoying? Yeah, my favorite, favorite part of Atomic Habits is the habit stacking. You can use that in so many different ways. You can use it when you first wake up in the morning. I have a habit stack for when I first wake up in the morning. Because I don't know if you've noticed, but many times when you wake up in the morning, you don't have a good attitude. You sort of have a a down feeling. And so the first thing I do before I even get out of bed is think of three things that I'm grateful for. And then once I get out of bed, I like to grab an inspirational reading, whether it's so many of them, and just read like a paragraph or one page of something uplifting. Another habit stack that I've added, once it's time to get out of the house, 
I like to go do something that makes me delighted, something that feels really good. And so I do that. Now, another book that I'm rereading now, because it's part of our book club, and I have bought so many copies of this and given it to people. I love this book. It's called Younger Next Year. There's one for men. It's yellow. And there's one for women that's pink. And they also have several things to help people. Actually, the science behind it is that C6, which is short for a a long uh, scientific term, is a chemical in the body that tears the body down. You know how you exercise to tear muscles down so that you can build them back up? So C6 tears it down. C10 builds it up. C10 is what keeps us young. And the whole, the entire phrase or logo for live vibrantly is live vibrantly becoming forever young. Because if you do these things, you will stay much than is typical because you're pumping a lot of C10 into your body. And that's done through exercise, what you eat, your attitude, everything we've been talking about today uh, gives you C10. So it's not just Pollyanna, oh, do these things and you'll feel better. You're actually chemically making your body work better. And Live Vibrantly has many, many chapters written by a doctor and one of his patients who did everything he said. And so they developed this book. And I'll tell you a quick story. Actually, it was a client of mine that told me about Younger Next Year. And I only see these clients every six months. So I read the book and started doing everything it said to do. And when I went back, I saw the same clients six months later, and they went, what have you done? You look so much younger. And I started doing all these things. See, eat right, exercise right, think right, be connected with people more. All of these things that are in living vibrantly, many of them are younger next year. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's really a wonderful book. I love it. Yeah. How can we find out more about, about what you do, Karen? How, how can people connect with you? One of the simplest ways is just to go to site for Live Vibrantly. Of course, my executive coaching work and my coaching with other people. I'm doing a lot of life coaching right now, too, because there's such need out there in the world for it. But if you go to livevibrantly.life instead of .com, it's livevibrantly.life. You can actually see a, a very brief site and want to contact me personally, you can just go down to the bottom of the website and just type in your question, your information, and I will get back to you. It won't be uh, some strange person that gets back to you. It will be me that'll get back to you. All right. I, and now you have a, a course that dives in depth to the, the eight different things that, that we can do to live vibrantly too. Can you share a little bit about your course that you have? So the course is, it, there are eight one-hour webinars. And this is a program everybody's at home. Instead of watching news on TV, you could watch a webinar or half of a webinar. And because this is such a hard time for people, both psychologically and emotionally, as well as financially, we've actually dropped price down from four seventy nine to just $49. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to make it accessible to anyone. And most anyone can afford $49. And for that, you get eight hours of a course that actually gives you actionable steps to take at the each of eight 
things that you need to do to vibrantly in regular life as well as challenging times. Wow, how exciting. I'll, I'll make sure to put the, the link below. So if you're watching this, you can go ahead and grab that course. But wow, Karen, what a fantastic conversation we've had today. And I, I want to thank you for helping me live more vibrantly with just a couple little great ideas, right? Drink more water, get up, walk around, connect, and, and be grateful. And I'll tell you, I'm grateful for you, Karen. <laughs> thank, oh, you for, thank you, thank you for sharing your insight and you. knowledge. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed being with you. Excellent. Well, hey, for everyone who's listening, thank you for tuning in. We've had a fantastic conversation today with Karen Duncombe on Living Vibrantly. And uh, be sure to check out our course at what, $49. That's a fantastic, fantastic deal. And you'll get, get eight modules that will help you live vibrantly, not just today, but in the future also. Once again, thank you for tuning in. I'm Tim McNeely, and I'm in your corner. You've been listening to Family Office Secrets. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this podcast as we've pulled back the curtain to reveal to you the often hidden strategies used by today's most successful individuals and their family offices. We'll have another podcast soon. But for more secrets used by today's more successful business owners, dentists, and entrepreneurs, visit the website at www.timmcneely.com. Till next time.